HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. With more than 30 weekly podcasts, HRN has something for every food lover. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Hey, hey, Chava, let, Chava, let me into the studio. Chava, what are you... Are you... Is that Eric Zandona in there? Are you in there with Eric Zandona? Where the hell is Roy? Somebody let me into the studio. Oh, oh, I get it. This must be the beginning of season three of Agave Road Trip. I guess I'll just go have a taco. Two dudes named Lou and Java in a car not built for back roads. Trouble back roads never meant for cars. Their singular objective is to learn about agave. Bring the knowledge back to Queen Go So for this time, Eric, thanks for coming again. Uh, this is Eric Sandona. How do you introduce yourself? Well, uh, I do a lot of things. So I'm a consultant, a author, and I run the American Distilling Institute's International Spirits Competition. Awesome. So we first introduced Eric. Now we're introducing the podcast. And this Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. And today we're here with Eric. And I wanted to ask you something, uh, given your very extensive background, that always blows my mind. I have a bunch of friends that I've encountered because of Mezcal. And I have to say some of them are the kind of people that I don't think that I will have ever met otherwise. There's this this good friend, uh, which I'm just going to identify as Ray Ray. Uh, he is, because he, he might not want his full name here. And uh, he is from Florida. And... You know, we have extremely different paths of life. And he, I was like, in Florida, how did you become an agave spirits enthusiast? How does that happen upon you? He was like, I tried it. It talked to me. It was obvious from the start. And I didn't know like anything about it. It just like hit me like a thunder. And here I am. So, you know, we're discussing you and I about how flavor sometimes has a huge impact specifically in the context of of of, of spirits mm-hmm. how has been your your experience with that do you have you ever felt that thunder that just crossed through your head and you're like yeah this is it yeah and so for me like 
flavor is really the thing that attracts me to spirits. Like I'm, I fall in love with great flavor. So whether that is agave spirits or rum or whiskeys or gins, I just love flavor. And so for agave spirits, you know, my first access was tequila growing up in California. And I remember there was a point in like, what was it? 2015 that I was like, I heard about this new type of agave spirit and I, it's around, but it's hard. I haven't really seen it yet. It's called Mezcal. So I talked to a friend about it. He's like, oh yeah, that sounds really interesting. We should find some. It only comes in plastic bottles. <laughs> it's given you by toothless people with eye patches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I eventually got a hold of some. I don't even remember what the first one I ever tried was, but immediately I, w I was captivated by it because I was like, oh yeah, there's lots of flavor and I like it. I like it a lot. But, and, and this is, I, I guess this is what really strikes me as strange. I mean, and I, I think we all agree that Agave Spirits pack, you know, it's, it's a heavy hitter. It's like in terms of boxing, that'll be the Mike Tyson. It's not winning the fight by points. It's just like going out there for you and like trying to kick you down. But but, but I think there's other things that talk a similar language, right? Like I, I think like you have Agricole, for example, or or you have like some sort of other bees. Will, will there be something within the the mezcal range, or that that you can recall that was that was like that thing that you were like, oh, this is different than the other languages that I've heard before? Yeah. So one of the things that was like immediately noticeable in the glass for me was that the agave spirits like mezcal and distillados that I started to taste were not rooted in a strict like Anglo-European practice. Oh, wow. And that there was a, uh, a rustic or craftsman quality to them that was enchanting. So in Europe, mm -hmm. purity and uh, like exactness and precision is really highly valued in spirits. And I could tell that there were aspects of the production process that weren't following a strict, you know, Eurocentric sort of production process. Lovely. And they were completely captivating. And I love But you tasted that. Yeah. Like like you 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 would you try this and you were like, this is not being distilled by computers. No, like that, that, that was, yeah. In, I mean, I, I like to, to write down like so cheesy, but I journal like, it's fine. That's you right. know? <laughs> it's fine. Uh, I just try to hide myself when I do that. I go to the coffee shops where they don't know me. Uh, <laughs> but I was, yeah, I, I was recalling, uh, not the first time that I tried mezcal, but the first time that I had an exceptional uh, experience with mezcalus and there used to be this uh you lived in oaxaca i don't know if if you ever by chance encounter yourself there but uh there was uh quish the brand quish mm -hmm. has uh, a tasting room the first one they ever had in the city was close to the central de abastos mm -hmm. and la central de abastos is you know like the place where all of oaxaca gets its food at least all the restaurants every like 
you know, you, you get bulk there. Yeah. But also you get very specific stuff of the people that are coming down from the mountains to sell, you know, all the criollo stuff, all the stuff that you'll never find in a supermarket. Mm-hmm. And they had this amazing tasting room there. And a bunch of us kids, when we're like 19, 20, no, I think it was like already 20, I'm going to say 21 for the purposes of a legal, legal possible fees of, uh, <laughs> of this podcast. Uh, and they had, I think you paid 30 pesos per mm-hmm. two ounces. And it was just, I remember writing down, it, it was like it, they were dislocated flavors or, or like I, I remember using the word dislocation in, in, in the sense that I felt, you know, like when you go to the chiropractor and then like something cracks and you don't know if you're dead or you're going to feel amazing. That's exactly what, 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 I, what I felt when trying this stuff. And I think I agree with you because everything else, to me, it's, it's bizarre to say that you can taste order or you, can, or you can taste like a clinical approach to stuff, no? Yeah. No, you can. And, you know, so like I've had some agave spirits from outside of Mexico, um, from South America, and I'm, you know, really excited to see people producing these and bringing them to market. And at the same time, when I tasted it, to me, it felt like the distiller got a degree in chemical engineering no at the university way. and was making the cleanest, most boring spirit <laughs> she could because it was following the exact, like, full, like, attenuation full extraction and and like clean cuts and it was just boring and i was just like i mean the lady who makes it like she didn't grow up in a tradition where agave spirits are made in her country and so she's inventing it and so that's great but i could tell she does not get the real heart of what's possible with agave and um that is yeah the and and you know like uh, I think that another thing that's happening to me I I've, I have like a bunch of different I wouldn't say like collections but themes of agave spirits that I start trying to make like at least a selection or six or five that I can use for a tasting and to tell a story with them right and the new one that I am building it's agave spirits from regions that have not had the cool kids come by. Mm-hmm. And I'm, this is not a critique, by the way. Like, if I can think of a, of a region that it's flooded with cool kids, it's Miahuatlan in Oaxaca, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you try everything from Miahuatlan, and it's gorgeous. And it has been naturally selected by the cool kids that have been going there and that are experts in alcohol. And, like, it has a very specific profile. But then you go to Infiernillo, which it's, uh, it, it means little hell in Mixtecalta. <laughs> and there's not that many cool kids that have been around. And you try, they have this species called, well, they call it Orno. And it's like if an Angustifolia had made angry love to a Rodacanta. It's like, it's, <laughs> it's an intense looking agave. It's massive. And the taste of that mezcal, I, I bought 20 liters for my personal consumption and for this collection. It's rough, but it's so intriguing. Yeah. And I wouldn't say that it's going to win any awards. Like, I, I will never apply to a competition with it. And I, I don't think it should. But it's, but, it, but it's so fascinating how it almost bypasses the need for it to taste, needed to taste good. Yeah. 
Like, uh, and 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 I don't know if you if you've encountered stuff like that that, that like that as well. <laughs> I had a spirit similar to that, but in a competition, and there was a <laughs> a Austrian or Europe anyway Europe Central European distiller on the panel, and his critique was that it was too dirty, and I was like, I know, and it's beautiful. <laughs> And it like he he couldn't wrap his mind around it because he was expecting to be Kirschwasser and it wasn't. And it was just this like funky, lactic, bright, beautiful agave spirit. And there was some like smoke element and citrus. And it was just really layered and deep and from a European perspective, flawed. But it wasn't. It was completely beautiful in its own right. And that's one of the things that I love about the spectrum of agave spirits coming out of Mexico is that you can have fantastic tequilas that are clean in their production process, but still pack lots of great flavor. Mm. And then you can have everything on, you know, and the wild fermentation, wild agaves, you know, coming out of, you know, Guerrero or Oaxaca or, you know, wherever and have fantastic stuff that speaks to the region that it's coming from. And that's one of the things that's really, I love about uh, tasting mezcals is that you're not just getting the agave, but you're getting a sense of the producer and the environment that it's coming from. You, you just blew my mind in such a, in such a, it's such a funny, you know, I used to claim that Mexico was probably one of the most fascinating places for spirits because we have both European Arab distillation and an Asian distillation in one place. But now that you're, you're telling me that on top of that, we have dirty dancing and ballet in the, in the same theater. Yeah. So we are also maybe contemporarily speaking, one of the most entertaining places to, to try stuff. Because because we can offer both. We have built like millions of dollars factories that, you know, do the cleanest, most clinical stuff using agave as a base. And then we have the, the complete opposite, which is gorgeous. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I mean, I, I love that as a conclusion. <laughs> and okay, I mean, Eric, it's always a pleasure to have you here. Any any last thoughts on your side? Uh, not that short, no. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That's why we'll have to do another episode. Eric, thanks again a lot. Señores, thanks for listening. Adiosito. Thank you very much. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lubank and Chava Periban. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. A Gabby Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. 
Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly, eat responsibly too, and listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.